Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Kitchen Table Kingdom, featuring Harmony Klingenmeyer. In this series, you'll learn about God's original design for family and identity. Also, don't miss the special bonus episode. And now, here's your host, Jen Lowen. Well, hello, Elijah Fire fam. Happy Friday. For those of you who don't know, I'm Jen Lowen. I'm Jeff's older sister, and I have been invited to be the host for this new series that we've been doing called Kitchen Table Kingdom. We are currently on part three, so if you guys have not watched the previous episodes, please go back. Please take the time to watch them. We've just, Harmony has done an incredible job building on a foundation for what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be getting into the meat and potatoes for what we're, um, the whole series is about. So please go back and watch those. Harmony is going to be giving us just some practical tips um, from her teaching that she's been doing these last couple times. So guys, it is time to welcome my very good friend new good friend. Um, She's a prophetic teacher. She's a revivalist. She's a children's minister and an author. Please welcome, welcome, please welcome Harmony Klingenmeyer. Hey. (laughs) Hello. Welcome back. Hi. Hi, Jen. And hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be with you all today. Yes. And I'm really excited to have you. I've got my pen, my paper, notes for taking notes, and I've got my iced coffee here. So I'm like ready to go. I, I'm ready to listen and learn and all that good stuff. Well, it's an honor, such an honor to be with you guys again today. I'm excited about today because today is really about the practical things, the way I think and the practical things I do in my home that has really brought restoration to the 19 children who have lived with us and has produced an environment and an atmosphere in my home where sonship is the norm. And not that we don't ever struggle, we have normal family struggles, but reminder, you know, these kids are coming from really atypical, abnormal home environments so that the fact that they can function in this type of environment is both miraculous and actually it makes perfect sense because God's environment, um, the way he thinks about family, the way he communicates to his children and the way then we can communicate to our children is probably the best plan for, mm-hmm. for healing a broken generation. So it's not actually that surprising that they would be able to turn it around so quickly, but mm. It's astonishing for me to get to watch this process. And and I want to impart that to everyone. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And and just really and you know, the kind of the one, two, three of what how to establish and cultivate the environment of your home so that is the most conducive to the the thinking, the speaking, and the behaving that you're looking for in your children. And mm-hmm. that really starts with understanding how environment works. You know, environment is a sign. I'm just going to jump right in, Jen. Go for it. Yep. It's, Go. It's, boil, it's bubbling up in me right now. <laughs> environment is a scientific idea. And you know that Papa God is the designer of science. He loves yeah. science. And he created our natural world. And we Mm -hmm. can learn, just like it says in Romans 1, that the natural world demonstrates and manifests 
the nature and glory of God, we can actually learn amazing things about God and about yeah. what he intends for us and, and the family by looking at nature. And mm -hmm. so we know that depending on the bios, uh, I should say the, the atmosphere and the geosphere, so the air and the ground in specific locations, that's what determines what kind of biosphere you have, which mm -hmm. is the plants that grow and the animals that live there. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. So when you have, for example, when you have the air of a desert and the ground of a desert, you are not going to grow lilies. Right. There's not enough water in the air and in yeah. the desert ground for lilies to flourish. Instead, you get cacti, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, in, in, in Oregon or in Wisconsin is a great example. So we've got six months of cold and snow. So the, the, uh, the trees that grow there have to be hardy. They have to be uh -huh. strong and they have to be able to bear up under the weight of all sorts of snow. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because we have oak trees in Oregon and we have pine trees in Oregon. And we have maple trees in Oregon, just like in Wisconsin. But they are not as strong as the trees in Wisconsin because they don't have to bear up under the snow. So when we get snow here, what happens to our trees? They yeah, they, have, they fall over. And that happened in that ice storm a couple of years ago. Exactly. Yeah. But that doesn't happen in Wisconsin. No. The trees don't fall over. Interesting. Because they're used to the environment of snow and they, their genes, the genetic code has actually, you know, grown and, and transformed to be strong enough to hold up the snow. Mm -hmm. So in hmm. our homes, we want to cultivate an environment that will produce the, the thinking and feeling the speaking and the behaving that we want to see in our children. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. we see behaviors that are not helpful or not healthy, we have to first look at the environment because the environment of your home is conducive to certain type of fruit. And <laughs> if you want to see different fruit produced in your home, you have to change the environment first. I tell parents, the root of the issues in your children can never be your children. The problem you're seeing in your child isn't the root problem. That's just the fruit of an environment. So let's change the environment. Yeah. <laughs> so parents are like, hmm. <laughs> I know, it's like, oh, I feel, I feel the Holy Spirit. Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here. Yeah. Yes, he's pinging me. He's he's yeah. showing me. He's opening my eyes, and you know what? And it's there's no shame involved because actually, Holy Ghost is like, thank you, daughter. Thank you, son, for listening to this wisdom, and yeah. for feeling the feeling of my. I'm give. I'm saying, pay attention. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, listen carefully. I'm not saying, I'm I'm disappointed in you. That's not mm -hmm. what God's saying, right? Mm -hmm. He's saying, pay attention, pay attention. When we mm. feel the ping of the Holy Spirit, we should, the, the enemy actually has created this process where we turn to shame instead yes. of 
focusing in on what God is saying. Mm-hmm. So we turn away to shame instead of turning in to hear. And what God wants to do right now is he wants to remove shame so that you can hear the Holy Spirit saying, son, daughter, pay attention. Draw closer to what's being said right now because it's the key to the transformation of your home. So I can see everyone right now just doing this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm leaning in. Yes, because the Holy Spirit is drawing us right now. He's, He's tuning our ears and there might be distractions. And right now is the time to recognize it's time not to be distracted. God is speaking and we're about to make, download some real wisdom that will help mm. you in your home environment. Okay. Are you guys ready? I, ready. in my book, I talk about uh, something. It's a phrase. It's kind of the summation of how I parent. And that phrase is freedom within boundaries. Mm. Okay. This is very important. It's extremely important to understand that in t- intentional prophetic parenting, which is what we're doing here, that's mm-hmm. what this is about, intentional prophetic parenting, that God, at the beginning of time, he gave us freedom within boundaries. He created a garden for us, right? He created mm-hmm. It was all sorts of yummy plants to eat, fruit and vegetables to eat. He set the boundary of the garden. And then he set a boundary about what could be consumed within the garden. And then he gave us freedom to explore and to play with the animals and to have relationship with one another and to walk Mm -hmm. in the pool of the evening with him. Lots of freedom within safe boundaries. And oftentimes when we see a behavior crop up in our children, it's because one or the other is missing. Either we have freedom and no boundaries or we have boundaries and no freedom. Hmm. And either I like to say, if you have freedom without boundaries, you will raise a rebel. If you have boundaries without freedom, you will raise a rebel. There has to be a balance between these two. And Mm -hmm. all the strategies that I'm going to download today, the purpose of these strategies are to help you establish in your home freedom within boundaries so that your children can, can understand my job is to keep them safe. And their job is to keep it safe. And that's why the boundaries exist. But within these boundaries, there's so much choice. Mm. There's so much voice. There's so much opportunity to express the unique way that God has designed the child. So that's where the two come together. Mm. And one thing that I I really believe in and where where it comes to um, freedom within boundaries and I have seen produce such good fruit in my life and in my children's life is kind of a word some people don't like. It's a little bit, may, may feel a little restrictive for some of our free spirits out there. <laughs> but, but trust me, friends, trust me. This is actually what you, all of us hunger for, okay? This safe boundaries principle 
And the word I use, it of course, is routines. Okay. Mm, okay. Now, I was thinking you were going to say consequences, and I was like, well, I don't know if that would hurt a free spirit, but <laughs> no, routine. I think it's, the, it's this idea of structure that can be uncomfortable for the free spirit. But the truth mm. is, if you have excellent structure built, it's it's like when you build a home. Okay. So you build a foundation, you pour the you pour the cement, or if you live in the Midwest, you actually build a basement, okay? Because in mm-hmm. the Midwest, we have basements. And and you're gonna you need to have like the best foundation basement ever. If you're gonna build a nice, strong, amazing home that you can decorate however you want, mm-hmm. right? You can, you can make the ceilings high or low. You can decide what kind of um, appliances you want to have, what color furniture you want to have, but you better have that foundation. Mm. Does that make sense? You better, yeah. if you stick built, your frame better be so amazing. All mm. right. So the idea is we're, we don't want to have a flimsy, uh, sand-like foundation mm-hmm. or a flimsy frame. We mm-hmm. want to have a strong, firm foundation and a f- strong frame and lots of freedom to design on top of those two things. So and so routine, so routine would be that foundation. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. So um, I, I, you guys have probably heard of Jeff Foxworthy. Have you guys ever mm-hmm. heard of you might be a redneck if? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like to say to parents, you might need a routine if, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, give up some statements here, pretty simple, four different areas of our lives in the home that are very pivotal for the success of every single day of our lives. And you, if they kind of go off like, oh, yeah, I remember just today when that thing came up, ah, it was <laughs> terrible, um, then you probably need a routine, okay? So the first one is, if your children are unable to or refuse to do age-appropriate tasks. Anybody pinging right now like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. uh-oh, I got a toddler who won't pick up his toys. Mm-hmm. Toddlers are perfectly capable of picking up their own toys, mm-hmm. and they should be empowered to do so. You, we, we have to start this at a very young age. You are a son in the house. You are a daughter in the house, and you are a contributor to the success of this family and this home. And that you can see that I use a certain type of language. I yeah, do, I talk this to my kids, right? Yeah. And there's something about it when I prop, when they know I'm prophesying, right? They're like, whoop, whoop. Their spirits are like, whoop, mm-hmm. oh. Oh, Pull I attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. It's like, oh, I have a, I have a role to play and a job to do and I am important. And if there's one thing, we'll get to it, but it fits here. Your kids will respond so much better when they feel needed. So mm-hmm. the thing about, we, we kind of get this idea, oh, 
we, we don't need each other or I don't want to be needy or we don't want to be codependent. I totally understand those things. Okay. I understand where the root of those things comes from, but the truth is we actually do need each other. Mm-hmm. We need community. I need my husband, not just want him. I need him. Mm-hmm. I need him to be fully father and fully husband. So I can be fully mother and fully wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. I need him. And I actually need my sons to walk in their sonship. And I need my daughters to walk in their daughterhood. If I'm going to be fully mom and fully wife, hmm. I can't actually, I'm going to be picking up their slack and right. I won't be able to step into all that God has for me. If I'm the one picking up my toddler's toys, do you see what I'm saying? Right. I'm completely tracking with you. Yeah. Awesome. So every member of the community has something so valuable to give. And if you can turn on, and this is what I would call a strategy, there's a way that we speak, a way that we act, a way that we look, how our aspect is, our facial expressions and body language that communicate that our children are needed, they Mm -hmm. are valuable, and they are important within the environment of the home. Okay. Mm So part of this is empowering our children to do age-appropriate tasks. Toddlers can fold hand towels, and they want to. We all, anybody who's raised a toddler knows that they want to do whatever the big kids are doing. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, then use that, right? Use it. Make sure your community, your, your toddler can pull his or her blanket up over the bed. It does not have to be perfect. You can say, wow, look at you making your bed. That's the first step, right? Toward personal Mm -hmm. responsibility, personal pride in a job well done, feeling important, feeling like they contributed, but it has to begin right at the beginning of life. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you're, you're listening to this right now and you're like, Harmony, I did not do this. That's okay. You can start today. Okay. You can start with an 11 year old. It's just the way you speak has to be a little bit different. All right. And you have to do the work of repentance. You have to do the work of showing them not that they were wrong, Mm -hmm. that we were wrong. Now, how quickly when, you know, obviously being within the foster care system, you have a child who's being introduced to you for the first time. How quickly did you find children responding to this type of language and um, and the whole wanting to contribute? And because I'm thinking of this in terms of the, the people who are just starting now, what would you say is the turnaround? I don't know on the your choice and then the behavior. Well, first, I would say it's totally different for a child who's in foster care coming into a home than it is to start with your biological child who's 11. Sure. One of the reasons is because when a child comes into my home, there's such a thing as a honeymoon season where the child is immediately ready and wanting to connect, connect, wanting to belong, Mm -hmm. wanting to feel safe, wanting to please because they're a little bit nervous about maybe being sent away or Mm -hmm. losing that connection or trying to figure out where they fit within the family mm-hmm. dynamic. There's all these aspects. There's also, they can be very angry because mm-hmm. 
they either just lost their biological family or they were sent away from a foster home that maybe they didn't treat that foster family well, but they loved that foster family and the foster family just didn't know, didn't have the skills or the strategies, right, to help that child be successful. Child Mm -hmm. doesn't understand any of that. They only Mm -hmm. understand that they're the problem and they have been rejected again. So the way a foster child behaves is totally different than your biological child, all right? Mm -hmm. But that being said, you're still, you're still in some ways dealing with the same fruit. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Mm-hmm. So a biological child in your home, if, it, if they're 11 or 12 or 13, it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit harder because they're dealing with your brokenness. They're dealing with the generational issues that you are now bravely bringing healing to with the help of the Holy Spirit. But they're carrying those things. So in the same way that a foster child is carrying those generational brokenness, your biological child may be carrying some trauma, some hurt, Mm -hmm. some confusion over mixed messages, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Right. So, and even the ones that I've adopted, I have not perfectly communicated. I have sent mixed messages. I have made lots of mistakes. And the root, the the way to get to the root is through repentance, prayer, vulnerability about your own mistakes, your own failings, your own struggles, lots of mercy and compassion when they don't yield to you because they, at first, they're going to fight with you, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. they consistency that cannot be broken all right the parent has to say i know i know this is different and it's not going to change i have made a decision and i've made the decision that is best for you and best for me and i know that it is it is on me that this is hard for you and i fully own that and Mm. we're still going in this direction Hmm. There has to be a consistency paired with vulnerability, humility, repentance, and mercy, okay? But they're the consistent, you just have to set your face like Flint and say, this is the way we're going, yeah. and everybody's coming with me whether they want to or not, okay? And there's ways, we'll get there, but let's let's talk about a, a, a couple more. Of the you need a routine if? Yeah, yes. okay. Yes. And then we'll jump into ways to cultivate buy-in with your children. So if mealtime is consistently a fight, so if your children refuse to eat the food that is served to them, you need a routine. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say straight, hopefully it doesn't upset anyone, but hear my voice. Your children need to eat what they're served. They need to be able to show gratitude for the one who serves them. Mm -hmm. That is why they need to eat what they're served. Now, we will talk about how to cultivate buy-in so that your children want to eat what they're served. (laughs) But you must decide in your head, the issue is not, oh, my kids should be able to eat what they like. That is not the base issue. The base issue is that children need to learn that they are receiving from others blessing and belonging. Mm -hmm sonship and daughterhood they're receiving all the amazing things that you are providing to them and they're receiving it not because they earned it 
but because you have decided to love them every day of their life in a sacrificial, unconditional sort of love Mm -hmm. that they need to show gratitude. Why? Because then they will be able to show it to God. Mm. Mm. This is about creating a child, forming a child who knows how to rightly relate to Papa God, who does everything for us. He's so loving and so giving, and he deserves our gratitude. So you're saying, yeah. So then you're saying in the, in the context of routine and then not eating what they're served, are you saying it needs to be a specific time every day or, um, they can anticipate snack time, then dinner time. Is that what you're, what do you, what specifically do you mean by the routine element to it? And we'll talk about that. We will talk about a mealtime routines that help to develop buy-in. But the idea is, it, you know, if you eat at a little bit of a different time each day, that's less of an issue. That just becomes the routine. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's no like strict, you must eat at this time of the day. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's, there's certain things that doctors say, like, you know, it's better to eat a little bit earlier yeah. in the day or whatever. And, and you can decide how you want to do snacks. We have our own rules about when the kitchen closes, et cetera, et cetera. But the idea is consistency and creating an attitude and an atmosphere of gratitude in your home where children are grateful and are contributing to the success of mealtime. So mm. mealtime, the routine becomes honoring and eating what I'm served. That's the routine. The routine right. is I am so grateful for what's put in front of me, even if it's not my favorite thing. <laughs> so we'll talk, we'll talk more about that. So another, you might need a routine if, is if you dread bedtime because of tantrums. Okay. I hear this one on a regular basis, friends. I hear it all the time. I cannot get my child to sleep in their own bed. I really, really firmly believe that children should sleep in their own bed after a certain age. Why? Mm -hmm. Because the bed of the parents is a place of intimacy and your intimacy between your husband and, and the husband and wife needs to be the first priority. And also, mm-hmm. who sleeps well with a child kicking them in the head? Zero, no. zero people. And I can yeah. attest to this. <laughs> yes. yes. And I would say the same for doggies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm say it. I'm saying all the things today. We spent two, I spent two sessions with you guys being very kind and loving. And today is the some hard truth day, okay? Your yeah, bed, give it to us. Right? Yeah. Your yes, bed please. Needs to be a place of rest and mm-hmm. relaxation and intimacy and cleanliness. And the whole thing mm-hmm. about dogs and hair and all that, it's your comfort level, but I would just consider. And a lot of times what I see is one parent is like, oh, no, I need my child to sleep with us. And the other parent's like, please, please, please. Help my my spouse mm-hmm. to put our child in their own bed. Okay, yeah. there's usually mm-hmm. division. Yeah, I, I when we circle back around to that, I will be happy to share my experience and what I what I did, what my husband and I talked through, and be happy to share that too. Awesome. That was actually a, that was something we talked about. It was a point of contention for a little while. So I'd be happy to share my experience. Good, good. It's really, that's really good. See, you have that experience. I don't. Because I was a foster mom, my kids always slept in their own beds. But it also taught me 
uh, how to do that, mm-hmm. how to prioritize that, how to create mm-hmm. spaces where children want to sleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the idea is not to take, take, take away the things that kids want. The idea is to give, give, give and say yes, 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 as often as possible so that your no's have power. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. So, and then the, the last, yep, it's the last one. There's four of them. I always say there's the age appropriate tasks, mealtime, bedtime, and mornings. Mm. So as as a parent who has put children on the bus, hello. We all know those mornings that go crazy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's slept in a half an hour late. Nobody's wearing what they're supposed to be. Somebody's forgotten a sock, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody's screaming their head up, get out the door, get in the car. Like, I'm yeah. not waiting for you one more minute. Yeah, where are your shoes? Yes. Why aren't your shoes on your feet? I told you to put on socks. We've all been in those situations. Yes. Okay? Routines have saved me so much morning stress and pain. And guys, we don't want to have stressful mornings. That's the beginning of our children's days. Think about the brain trauma. If they're screaming and yelling and fighting every morning, how are they going to learn? How are they going to be prepared to sit in a, a desk, you know, or at carpet time and listen to letters? I mean, yeah. they're not going to be ready to learn because we, yeah. because of the trauma of the stress mm. of the morning. Yeah. So if we decide, okay, I think, I think at this point, it's more important to me to have peace in the morning than it is to be, have a free spirit and do whatever I want. Okay. You kind of have to make your choice. Yeah. I am a free spirit. I like freedom. Yeah. I like it. I like to do things different. I love change, actually. Yes. So as a person who loves change, come to me and say, what, I have to have routines? Yes, for the sake of your home. But you'll find joy in them. You'll mm-hmm. find, wow, no screaming is really pleasant. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Wow, my children ate this meal. I feel respected, and I'm glad my children are eating. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. So it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth, it's it. worth it. It's worth it. Yes. So come on. Man. So I don't know about you, but it makes me want to go home right now and work on another routine. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm like gleaning so much from this. And what's funny is so many things that you say, I'm like chuckling because I'm like. Oh, these are things that I've actually struggled with, or these are things that have come up in my own home, you know, like, oh, yeah, all of us. I see the thing is, is this book I wrote, Kitchen Table Kingdom, which I hope every single person who's listening goes on my website, heartheirvoices.net to the shop and purchases this book and signs up for my class this fall because we'll have a lot more time. We'll get a lot deeper into these things. Um, But the point is, we're all facing this together. Yeah. And I know these things because I've walked through them with myself and with many families. Mm. And because, because I'm willing to like say, okay, this isn't just you, right? This isn't just all the, these different yeah. people that I minister to. It's all of us. Mm-hmm. We're in it together. Yeah. And that should, it should break the power of shame. The minute it's like yeah. when someone says, oh yeah, 
I struggled with that too when I was young or, oh yeah, you know, I'm dealing with that right now in my own marriage. And we're all like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you'll notice the thing, the thing about all this is that it's just filled with the nature and character of loving Papa God. He loves it when we succeed. He loves it when his peace, when we choose his peace, when we cultivate his peace. He loves it when we talk to each other with kindness instead of irritation and frustration, right? Mm. He's like, whatever we have to do to develop an environment in our home where it is easier for us to choose Papa's way Mm. instead of our own, that's what we should be about. Yeah, I think that's really key, right? Because when those routines are established, I don't know why I relate it to this, but when I was taking graphic design courses, my instructor told me, go slow. Like take the time to to learn these rules, to learn these techniques. And then once you get to a point where you've established them, you will go so much faster. And I, and so I liken the, that sense of routine to at first it'll take maybe all day, all week, you know, all month or whatever, but eventually those things will become second nature. And I am by no means an expert at routines. I I've established a few things here and there that I think have been life-saving, but what I will say on the other side of taking the time to establish those routines is that the fact that once those routines were established, there are no brainers that are part of our day that my girls know is expected of them. And it does free you up to then respond instead of reacting Mm -hmm. out of fear or stress or any of those things, because that routine has been established. So I just wanted to. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is your kids want to please you but they don't know what to do, okay? <laughs> They're kids and, and they have the, the memory, the, the, the short-term memory of a, of a Labrador. So they're not going to remember from day to day unless you spend time developing a plan with them. Then you, and we're about to get into this, then you practice with them. Then you reward them for practicing. Mm -hmm. Then you walk them through the routine a few times. You reward them for their successful attempts. And then you set them free to do it themselves, catch them being amazing, honor their hard work. And of course, there's going to be days when they just throw it all, all out the window. Yes. That's what kids do. And they are people. Right, exactly. They- <laughs> Show them mercy, right? And walk them through the process again. And that, it, mean, it means nine out of 10 mornings are going to be peaceful instead of two or one out of 10. Mm, right? That's good. It's- yeah, it's powerful. It'll totally change your life. But it it doesn't start with you saying, this is what I expect of you. Instead, mm-hmm. it starts by cultivating this, this idea. I use it a lot. I talk about it a lot. It's called buy-in. And mm-hmm. buy-in is when you can convince someone that what you want them to do is what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. buy-in. Buy-in is like, I want to do that because I like you. I this is like in ministry, right? When people sow into our ministries, when people come and serve in our ministries, you know what they're really saying? I have bought into you. Yeah. I believe in you. 
I believe in what God is doing through you. Mm-hmm. You know you have their buy-in. It's about relationship, okay? Mm. If it's based on anything else, it won't last. So, right. if it's based, for example, in children's ministry, we deal with this all the time, right? So people get involved in children's ministry, and then in three months, they're burned out. Unless they are committed to the team. Mm. They love the vision of the team, and they feel important on the team. That's called buy-in. Okay. So this would be kind of equivalent. Would this be equivalent to saying this rather than having that external pressure of have to, there's that internal want to the, uh, I think they call that the internal locus of control or something where it's like, I call, I call that intrinsic motivation. Okay. Intrinsic motivation. That's good. From the inside, I am motivated to make good choices. We call, we, we have two different types of rewards extrinsic rewards and intrinsic rewards in education we use this a lot so that we want to build a a a well we want to dig a well inside Mm -hmm. the child of intrinsic motivation and reward i feel so good about myself Mm -hmm. and i do my whole routine without having to be told right yeah feel so proud of myself. I pat myself on the back and say, good job obeying. That's an internal and intrinsic reward for obeying. Mm -hmm. But you, that's something that you have to develop. It is always going to start extrinsic, just like salvation doesn't come from within us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nonsense. Okay. You are not, none of us are going to save ourselves. Right. Holy Spirit comes and preemptively pours out grace so that we can receive the gift of salvation. Even the receiving is the product of grace. So mm-hmm. in the same way with your children, it's going to have to start with you right. doing the hard work of cultivating their buy-in. And I love to do this just by sitting down and having conversation with my children. One of the most important strategies that you can use, and I have to be honest, I'm, it's not always my, I'm not always the strongest at it because I'm a talker, but that you can guess what it is. It's listening. Okay. So kids have lots to say, even more than me. They have so much to say. Mom, 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 mm-hmm. all day long. Okay. All day. All day, and every they, day. Right. And all they want is for us to stop whatever Mm -hmm. we're doing, look them directly in the eye, listen to what they have to say and acknowledge their value. It doesn't have anything to do with what they actually said. It's about this connection. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with me. I love you. Or I really like that shirt. Whatever. I mean, you just say something, a blessing. You bless them, right? Did you brush your teeth without having to be told? That's amazing. Like that, those are the moments I take to reinforce the routine, right? Yeah. Yeah. In that moment when you're making eye contact and they're telling you something you don't care about at all, like Sonic <laughs> or Mario, <laughs> or whatever. Right? Yes. Yes. You take that opportunity to reinforce your connection, the bond between you, their their belonging that they don't have to earn. You're precious to me. I'm so proud of you. 
And then, you know, and then you can reinforce the routines. So yeah. listening, listening, listening. So you sit down with your family. You have a family brainstorm. You begin to talk about a scenario in your day that is not currently working. All right. And I recommend that you do this after you have a very nice meal where everybody has gone to eat what they want. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. So there's a way to cultivate the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and get people in the right state of mind to listen. All right. And one way that is, is to speak their love language. And food is everybody's love language. Okay. (laughs) So maybe you have. I think we can all agree on that. Totally. Totally. Maybe a pizza or lasagna, something that's not Brussels sprouts. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You you enjoy a meal together. You eat something that everybody likes. You, Mm -hmm. You begin to talk to them about their days, not about the problem. Like, how was your day? You know, and in my book, I have lists of ways to start conversations with your kids. Questions you can ask your kids, open-ended questions that will get them talking, that will get them sharing with you. And that's what they want anyway. So you just ask the question and then you say, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, wow. And how did you feel about that? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, wow, right? You just just engage with them and let them tell you about their day. One of my favorites is describe a conversation you had today that you, you felt happy. You liked that conversation. Hmm. Or describe to me, were there any moments in your day when you felt hurt or disrespected? Hmm. Now, those are things that I want them to understand. What does it mean to feel disrespected? Somebody said or did something to you that made you feel like they didn't value you, right? Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. they begin to talk about so-and-so on the playground or this or that or the other, right? And they begin to tell you about how they're actually feeling and you validate their perspective and their feelings and you help them to step into their sonship and understand their true and intrinsic value that they do not have to earn, okay? Mm-hmm. That's when you bring up, once you've had this, you've cultivated this environment of mutual honor and respect, you can begin to talk about a situation or scenario in your home that's not currently working, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and where does it start? It does not start with telling your children that they're not doing it right. I know. Hmm. On a hard morning, I'm probably the one with the raised voice. (laughs) What? Right? Right? So I can say, hey, thanks for sharing with me about your day. You know what? This morning was really hard, wasn't it? And I just want to take ownership. I raised my voice this morning. I was not patient. I didn't listen very well. I cared about things that don't really matter, like socks more than I did about what was going on with you. And I am sorry. And I love you and hope you can forgive me. Oh yeah. I forgave you, mom. I mean, I've heard this. I've done this so many times. I've done. Yeah. This sounds like a familiar conversation in my home too. Yeah. Good. If this sounds familiar to you, you are already winning because you are teaching your kids how to repent. Oh, well, that's positive. As opposed yeah. to beating myself up that I am apologizing a lot. <laughs> exactly. This is not a beat up Jen or beat up Harmony or beat up anybody session. This is look at all the awesome things we're already doing in our parenting. Yeah. And here's some more that we can try. 
Okay. So you start with repentance and ownership. You're listening, cultivating connection. These these are all ways to cultivate Mm buy-in. Because your kids are like, oh, I matter. She's listening to me. My voice matters. The way I feel Mm -hmm. matters. Well, she's apologizing, even though I was so disrespectful this morning. My mother is apologizing to me and taking (laughs) ownership for raising her voice. Wow. She's amazing. I'm ready to hear everything she has to say. You see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So then you, you begin to talk about it. What would the best morning look like for you? You Mm. get to tell me, my daughter, my son, you get to tell me what would a great morning feel like and look like, and what kinds of things would you do and say, and what would you wear? What's your favorite outfit, et cetera, et cetera. And you begin to brainstorm about the, the, you want to create a routine, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to take a couple of their ideas, not all of them, because some of them will be totally ridiculous and not <laughs> applicable in any way. And we would have ice cream for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I wouldn't go to school. I'd stay home yeah. and watch cartoons all morning or something yes. like that. Right? Yeah. Clearly, we can't do that every day. But boy, we can do that on Saturday, right after family. Yeah. Talk about another. Um, we definitely, definitely watch cartoons together, right? But we're going to talk about a morning when, unfortunately, we can't stay home and, and watch cartoons. We want it to be so amazing. And we want to feel ready for the day when we walk out the door. We feel peaceful and calm. What would a morning like that look like? Well, we would have probably all get up on time, right? Mm-hmm. So how can I help you get up on time, right? So you begin to have this conversation and depending on the age of the child, right? If you've got an older kid, you want to get more of their ideas. For sure. Yeah. And you know what? If you're homeschooling, you have even more freedom or, you know, whatever your, your, your learning experience is right now. And there's no shame if if your kids are in public school, private school, homeschooling, whatever it looks like, Mm -hmm. you're free to do what works for your family. Think about the fact, this is important for parents to understand, that the public schools, their system is backwards. They make teenagers who really should be sleeping till seven or eight in the morning Mm -hmm. and going to school at nine or 10, get up even earlier, five or six in the morning and go to school by seven. Right. The first hour that a teenager is in school, they don't learn anything because Mm -hmm. their brains Chemically speaking, this is science here, okay, people? Mm-hmm. Teenagers want to stay up later, not because yep. they're naughty, but because right. their clocks have shift, shifted, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And, and the, the babies, the toddlers and kindergartners, first, second, and third graders, they're all up at 5.30 and they're ready to go, but they don't get to school until 8, 8.45. Right. Mm-hmm. So the system itself is already against your kids. Mm-hmm. I actually want to add, add into that. There was actually a study that I read recently where they, um, the, the scientists were studying the melanoma, that the natural melanoma cycles of children. And they found that it was like kids within the ages of like, I'm going to probably botch the numbers, but it was like six to 10, their melanoma started kicking in like around seven. And then from like 10 to 14, it started kicking in around like eight. 
But then 14 through like 18, it started kicking in at 10 o'clock. And so okay. they were saying, yeah. And, and so they were saying that's actually not, it, it, it's not um, them just being rebellious. Like you just said, that's their like circadian rhythm is doing that. It could be hormonal. It could be who knows, but I thought that was really fascinating. And there, there's the, the scientific research to, to, to back up what I'm saying. Friends, yeah. if, you're, if your 14 or 15 year old is struggling to get up a bet, out of bed at 6 a.m., it should not surprise you and try not to punish them, okay? Mm. Now, you still got to help them get the right amount of sleep and you still got to help them get up at the time they have to get up at, right? But in mm. my home, on days um, that we are not, um, that we are not, don't have to leave the house, my my sons are allowed to sleep until 8 a.m. Because mm. you know what? Like they need to, they need to. Yeah. And, yeah. and on other days, we're going to go to bed an hour earlier because they still need their sleep, right? And yeah. this is something that's very important for parents to understand. A consistent bedtime with, depending on the age, but if you mm -hmm. have a child under the age of 10, your child needs upwards of 11 hours of sleep a night. And they need a consistent bedtime routine that helps them relax and calm and helps them enter into sleep. That means the, the eyes, the lights need to be dimmer, no technology at that time of night, right? And we've got to, it can't, it can't be about what our kids want. It has to be about what is best for their brains, for their eyes, for their body development. We have to do what is best for them, just as our daddy God in heaven has done what is best for us, even when we didn't like it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And really the, the routines over time, your children will begin to be thankful and mm -hmm. grateful and ready for bed when, mm -hmm. when they're used to going to bed, they'll be like, Oh mom, I think I'm ready to go lay down. Great. I don't even have yeah. to say anything. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, so building those routines are going to help your children be more successful. And that's what you want. That's what all yeah. of us want as parents. Sure. And that's why we have to do the hard work of establishing routines today that will help our children be successful tomorrow. And mm -hmm. understand that the routines you build for your toddlers are going to help your teenagers know how to study, know how to pass tests. Wow. Because they're going to understand time. They're going to understand how to manage their time. Hmm. They're going to understand how to communicate when they have needs because they're going to have been able to do this with you their entire lives. Hmm. They're, wow. They're going to be used to family meetings where we discuss how we're feeling. They're going to be used to um, getting to have voice and choice, getting to, to decide, you know, when I set a new routine, one thing that I always do is I set goals for my sons with rewards. So if mm -hmm. I'm going to be having them do a brand new thing, I'm like, what are you really interested in earning this month? Would you like a new Lego set? Oh, yes, you know, or whatever it is that they're they're looking forward to, maybe new fishing tackle for Maxie. He loves to fish. Well, That's then cute. I'm going to build that in as his reward for mm -hmm. spending the time, energy, and resources to learn this new routine. I mm -hmm. want to thank him and praise him and show him the value of doing this, okay? And the way I do that 
is to um, offer extrinsic reward. And if you're wondering if that's okay, I mean, God does it all the time. Well, and we do it for ourselves, don't we, as adults? Like, I, I've done this. When I reach this goal, I'm going to reward myself with, you know, this outfit or mm -hmm. this this thing. Like, I, I do that. Like, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I do that. I think a lot of adults yeah. do that. It is. It's right. Cheat me you're like, if I eat healthy all week, I'm going to have that brownie with some ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, no, the, the reason we do it is because God does it, right? We're created right. in the image of God. Just read Joshua chapter one, right? Mm -hmm. God's like, son, I have this amazing plan. I have some goals that I set for you. Yeah. And if you will follow these goals, if you will walk in what I'm asking you to walk in, I will give you every single piece of land that you set your foot on. No enemy will be able to stand against you. You will be victorious wherever you go if you are able to meet the goals that I have set for you. Mm -hmm. God is yeah. all about extrinsic reward. Yeah. To be yeah. frank, salvation is an extrinsic reward we did not earn, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that is that is why we um, why we offer extrinsic reward. Now, the entire mm -hmm. time that we're offering, we're we're cultivating buy-in, having family meetings. These are all the strategies, friends. Listening to our children's needs and wants, practicing repentance, taking ownership, right? The entire time, we're also digging a well of intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. We're building these connections of love and belonging and intimacy that make kids motivated to follow through. And we're also offering extrinsic rewards as well. Mm. Now, there's one more thing I want I want you to do when you're sitting down to have your family meeting. Now, this you can use this with any area that you're struggling with. A morning routine, you can use it with, um, you know, if you need your kids to pick up their clothes every day or whatever it is, whatever you need them to do, you can put these things into place. We're going to have a family meeting. We're going to listen. We're going to cultivate buy-in. We're going to take into consideration some of the things that they want in the routine. Um, we're going to validate their perspective and we're going to ask for their help. So this word, these words, I need your help. They are magic. Okay. Mm. They are parenting gold right here. Your children mm. want to help you. They want to meet a need for you. Hmm. They see you as the source of everything. Okay. And mm -hmm. I know we're, we're, we're giving Abba the credit. We're letting God take the credit. Even though we're praising the Lord and teaching our kids that God is the source, they're still looking at us as the source. Okay. That's right. just natural. Yeah. And, and so when you say, I can't do this without you. I need you. Your dad and mm -hmm. I, we need your help. Oh my goodness. On uh, coming alive on the inside of every child is a hero and a rescuer and a redeemer and a savior. You're teaching mm. them that 
that they are capable of walking in the nature and character of Christ. Now, we, we kind of get this idea, and I think it's maybe a sense of false humility. Oh, you know, only Jesus is the only Savior, which he is. He is the only Savior. Mm-hmm. Jesus is our superhero. Yes, he is. Okay. Yes. And we are created in his image. Yeah. We were made to have, I mean, why do we even have a Coast Guard? Right. Why do we have lifeguards at the pool? Because we are made to rescue people like we love to save others. We love why? Because we're created in the nature and character of our daddy, God, who is the greatest rescuer of all time. Mm. And if we do not allow our children to manifest this part of their nature and character, they'll feel like they're the only ones who have needs and they're just not they're impotent to help or to solve problems. Mm. But when you tell them, no, you're the solution. God gave me you as a solution to a problem in my life. Mm. Now they begin to see themselves as little Christ in the earth, which is what Christian means. Christian means little Christ, according to C.S. Lewis. Okay. So this is what we want our children to walk in. And when you use the strategy of asking your children for help, you're going to see inside of them, of course, mama, of course, daddy. Like, of course, I want to help you. Yes. What can I do? Right? Immediately will come alive in them. And again, what are we doing? We're digging the well of intrinsic Mm -hmm. motivation. Mm. So I highly, highly recommend vulnerability repentance, taking ownership for your own weaknesses and asking your children for help. Mm. It'll totally, it'll totally change the way your family interacts with each other. So any thoughts or questions? Yeah. I want to add to um, what you said about the kind of giving them the idea of being a solution. I remember years ago, when the Toys R Us chain closed here in Salem, um, my daughter was so disappointed. She was like, oh, I'm so upset, mom. You know, she loved going there. And, and I said, you know, honey, you could always, when you grow up, you could, you could run a toy store. And out of my mouth flew. You know, anytime there's a problem in the world, God's solution is usually in the form of a person. Ooh. And, and I was like, whoa. You know, it just literally kind of flew out of my mouth. And and then I was reminded of a situation a long time ago where I was, um, I'll try to avoid some details so it's not obvious, but I was working with a person who had a very tragic uh, introduction into life. Her, um, her mother was 13 years old. This was in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. And she was found next to her mother's body Mm. Um, crying. Okay. So that was her introduction into life. And when she told me this story, my heart, oh, I just felt it so deeply within me. Mm -hmm. And I was in kind of a mentor role within this woman's life and I'm driving home and I, um, I was praying to the Lord and I was like, Lord, like that, I can't even imagine seeing that kind of tragedy, you know, being present in that kind of tragedy and having to watch that. And that had to have been so hard for you that day. You know, without missing a beat, the Holy Spirit said to me, yeah, it was hard. But on that day when that happened, I saw you. And 
I mean, I even have chills repeating that. I was like, what? And he's like, I saw you. I saw this day with you when you would be in her life as a mentor to her. So again, we, every single one of us, and I, and I think that when we want to instill this into our children, I think we need to receive it for ourselves. We are a solution to a yeah. problem that God saw on this earth. Yeah. We, he, he put us here for a dust, you know, a reason. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. And so um, I think receiving that for ourselves is, yeah. is key to being able. And there are so many verses in scripture that talk about when we walk out our salvation the things, you know, um, Peter talks about, you know, add to your faith, love and hope. And when you've done all these things, you'll be complete lacking nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there is that what you just said that there's that intrinsic motivation. And then there's an extrinsic reward, extrinsic reward to that, you know, we will be complete lacking nothing. So there is yes. this process, you know, of walking out our salvation to be more like Christ. Yes. And Christ, Jesus was a solution to a major problem. Yes. On this yeah. earth. So that's just my my two cents of this, you know, adding that in of being kingdom citizens. There's a great responsibility, you know, of cultivating heaven on earth in our homes. And that yeah. does come from even our fundamental thinking of who we are. It, it, going back to that first teaching when you're talking about identifying as taking back on that sonship, you know, who are we? Who does God say that we are? Why are we here? Um, and then instilling that into our children. Yeah. And to add to what you're saying, Jen, the truth is our kids aren't going to believe us unless we believe it. Mm -hmm. They're going to be calling us on our crap. Uh, You don't believe that. Right. Like you don't you don't act like that. You don't you don't like you. you, That's not what you're showing me. Right. That's Mm -hmm. what you do. They mirror back to us who we are. Whoops. (laughs) They're they're the best mirror that God ever created because he created human beings to be mirrors. Yeah. And, that's, and we're, yeah. we're, that's why it's so important that we look into the face of our Papa God. The more we look into his face, the more we will look like him. Okay. But our children are looking to us to see Papa God. And if we do not believe that we are a solution, our parenting will reflect that. If we believe that the church should do the the job of, uh, of discipling our kids, our home will reflect that belief. Mm-hmm. And there will be no discipleship in our home. Mm-hmm. And then our children mm-hmm. will receive from us that parents are not fit to teach their kids the word of God. And they will not be empowered to teach their own children the word of God. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's a big one. Honestly, I, in Christian in Christian homes especially, I think that's a big one is empowering parents to feel like they can teach their children their faith, you know, yeah. and they don't have to essentially outsource it to other people. And And we yeah. do it and we do it without realizing, right? Like, like what I said last time when I said I put that thing on my wall that says there's never a moment when you're not teaching. You know, we, yes. we are teaching even though we're not sitting down with like formal instruction, right? Yes. Yeah, and so. there's time for sitting down with formal instruction too, right? So the mm-hmm. family meeting, and I want you to think of the family meeting as a time of formal instruction, but we have to change the way we instruct. So some of us grew up in an education system where you listened to somebody lecture for two hours straight, right? And you were exhausted Mm -hmm. by the end. That didn't teach you anything, okay? Mm -hmm. But if you can get your learners to speak, then they will teach each other 
and they'll teach you. This is an important concept if you're homeschooling, if you're doing a Bible mm-hmm. study, you know, if you're teaching mm-hmm. your kids about scripture, whatever it is you're doing, every moment is a learning moment, as you say, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a way that you teach so that children actually learn. Children listen to the sound of their own voice long before they'll listen to any other person's voice. That's why when both God and the enemy speaks, they use the sound of our own voices. Okay? It's the still Mm -hmm. small voice you hear in your head. You're not crazy. It's either God, your flesh, or the enemy. Okay? Mm -hmm. And so you have to decide, like, okay, this is the voice I listen to the most often which is why I need to be meditating on the scripture, filling my mind with the word, filling my mouth with the word, you know, looking, practicing intimacy, looking into the face of my daddy, God, et cetera, et cetera. So that is what our children will do after us. And Mm -hmm. they'll multiply it. Just like a woman takes the word and she makes it so, that's our nature. Mm -hmm. We take Mm -hmm. the seed and we make it so. We Mm -hmm. multiply it and we make it so. Um, in the same way, children will multiply what they receive from their families. Mm. Sometimes that's amazing and good, and sometimes it's a mess. Okay, yeah. and a yeah. lot of times, like if if even in my own marriage, Scott and I are fighting, our children will take that and then multiply it, and our whole home is a kerfuffle. Then, right? Uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm not the only one. Like, yeah, no, you are zero the only one. <laughs> like right. I can completely relate to that. Yes. Totally. It, it's just an it's the nature of family. Yeah. God created it that way. They will mirror us and they will multiply what we give them. So yeah. if you want your kids to listen to you, what do you have to do? You have to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. If you want your kids to treat you with respect, what do you have treat, to do? Treat them with respect. Exactly. Yeah. Right, children are going to mirror, and that doesn't mean you're. That doesn't mean you become a punching bag or foreman. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there is a way to honor the sound that is coming out of your children, even when it is not good or godly or helpful. I see that you're showing me some really big emotions right now. I mm-hmm. understand that you're feeling angry. Thank you for sharing with me how you feel. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences. Okay. What mm-hmm. it is saying, I see you, you are a valuable person because you are a son or a daughter and not because you earned it because you belong. I am validating you. Yeah. You have value. Other, yeah. There might be a better way to express how you're feeling and I can teach you about that. But I want you to know right here in the middle of your brokenness, just like Abba God does with us, you are valuable and you are seen. Mm. And the more we do that, right, that's then that's the atmosphere you cultivate. Your children will image that back and they'll mm-hmm. image it to each other as well. That's mm-hmm. that's the power. That's when it becomes powerful. Mm-hmm. OK, when when we start to see the multiplication, siblings to one another and children outside the home taking territory and being leaders. And we'll talk about that next time. That we're oh, I love that. That I mean, isn't that what we want? Right. We want. We want to raise kingdom citizens. We want to raise people who are reflecting the heart of the father and how they treat other people and how they function. And that's the goal. Yes. Um, now, did you touch on the law of consistency? Did you touch on 
So that we've kind of touched on a little bit, but I, I want to go a little bit deeper into that here at the end. Uh, this is really, really important. I do want to talk about food just for a second, though. Before. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Because the, the truth is, this is one of the areas where I find the most conflict and frustration in parenting is around food. Mm-hmm. And again, our goal is to cultivate buy-in. Not to force our children to do what we want them to do, but to get them on our side. (laughs) We want our children on our side, ready and excited to do the thing that the family is doing. Okay? Right. That's why we cultivate buy-in. Now, there's really some very simple ways to do this. Okay? One of the best ways is you got to start when the child is young. As soon as the child is old enough to hold a fork, your child is old enough to start doing little things with you in the kitchen. Hmm. So whether that's stirring with a wooden spoon. It, I've seen these amazing uh, reels of this little two and a half, three-year-old girl who's already learned to cut up vegetables. Her mom and oh. daddy watch her, you know, and, and compliment her. And she's learned how to use the knife safely. But she is cutting with a knife at three years old. What that tells me is the the restraint or the constraint on the development of the child has nothing to do with the child and everything to do with the parents. Taking right? the time. Our kids. No. Yeah. Yeah. Wife. Right. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. if you take the time, because these parents clearly, this is their their um, priority is mm-hmm. to raise a child who has understands the value of food, who understands how to interact with food, how, pre- how to prepare their own food, how to be autonomous and make choices for themselves. It's powerful if you are willing to take the time to build it, right? Mm-hmm. You're already cutting, you know, and you can do the same thing. You can put a butter knife in the hand of your child and help them to spread peanut butter, right? Yeah. You you and this is this is the where it gets powerful. You go to the store with your toddler and say, "I want you to pick out a purple fruit and a red vegetable." Right? Mm-hmm. So then you're walking around the store, who point to the purple fruits. Where are the purple fruits? There's a purple fruit, mama, right? Though mm-hmm. actually that's a purple potato that's not a fruit, but it's a purple <laughs> job (laughs) instead of the fruit that's a root would you like to choose that as your vegetable for tonight yes let's put it in the cart Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. you're giving them what voice and choice Mm. they're choosing the vegetables from the store they're choosing the fruit from the store now you go home you line them up on the counter look at these beautiful fruits would you like to help me make dinner tonight? You can be the chef. Yes, especially as a toddler. Yes. Oh, oh boy, yeah. Right? So now, now what are they doing? Okay, here are three vegetables. We have green broccoli. What am I doing? Well, I'm also teaching colors, right? Yeah, we have, of course. Yeah, green broccoli. We have purple potatoes and we have red peppers. You may choose two. Which do you choose? Now, we have two that are probably a little bit more healthy, right? And one that's less healthy. So whatever they choose is going to be good, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. 
So they get to choose. Then you help them prepare it and you you make a big deal out of it. Maybe you have a, a apron for them to wear in the kitchen, right? Then yeah. you make a big deal and set the table and you teach them how to set the table. Mm. We're going to make it look like it looks in the restaurant. Make it look nice. What are you doing? You are building buy-in by cultivating voice and choice. Now this, you start young. So when they're 10 and 11 and things get a little bit stickier, they're already used to eating what they're served and also contributing to the meal. Wow. All right. I do this to some extent on Friday nights. We do make your own pizza night. And that has my four-year-old loves that. Cause I make the the dough ahead of time and then she gets to roll it out. And it, it, I mean, imagine a four-year-old, it looks, it looks all sorts of wonky, <laughs> but, I, but she just does it. She'll, she'll pile cheese on just like one <laughs> section yeah. and I'm like, great, great. But she eats that whole thing. Yeah. And that is amazing. Like I'm, you're, you're saying this and I'm sitting here going, wow, like how can I incorporate this into every day? Because on other days it is like pulling teeth together to eat her food. Right. So, right. yeah. And you know, even if you do, if you, if you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to be very intentional three times a week mm. and it's not, it, it's pizza once a week. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts or, or cucumber or something else that's a little bit more healthy. On the other mm-hmm. days of the week, I'm going to begin to cultivate the environment and no is not a choice. Right. Here are the choices. Yeah. You get to pick. Oh, that's a very good choice. Now, by the time they get to the table, remember that you chose that, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you make a big deal of it. This is the vegetable that the my my our little one made for us tonight. Let's all give him or her a round of applause. <laughs> Yay! You cut oh, up the yeah. cucumbers. You cut up the tomatoes. Yay! That's my favorite salad. Anyway, you yeah. cut oh, them yeah. up and they look so yummy. And now every single person at the table is going to try this. Mm-hmm. Now, especially if you have older kids and you have a younger one who made the meal, this is really good. Right, because the older mm-hmm. ones are like, oh, I have to eat it now, right? Because my t- yeah. my toddler brother, toddler sister yeah. made this, and I have to eat it. So it's got to set a good example. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. they don't want to hurt the child. They don't want to hurt their sibling. You're cultivating mm-hmm. connection and mm-hmm. intrinsic motivation and mm-hmm. all this loving behavior that contributes to the atmosphere. And the minute you see them doing it, you begin to praise. Wow, I just like how you are honoring your siblings, how they made lunch or dinner. I heard you say thank you to them. That is mm. so beautiful. Thank you so much for encouraging them and eating what they made for you. I so value and appreciate that. Over and over and over again, you're using this language that's digging a well of intrinsic motivation. So then when you move to the next hard thing, it's not the end of the world, just feels natural. Right. 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 And yeah. everybody's eating the Brussels sprouts and everybody's eating the red cabbage and everybody's eating the things that other people don't like to eat. Mm-hmm. I, even I, as a child, did not eat red peppers, all my, or, or green peppers. Um, we didn't really do the colored peppers when I was little, but that's, mm. see, that's a trick. Don't buy green peppers. They don't taste as good as the colored ones. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> they, they're not as sweet, right? They can go in a salsa, but that's just about it. <laughs> exactly. 
So in that you can, this is the other important bit for parents. Let all the little stuff go. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they eat grapes every day. If they want to eat grapes every day, great. Put out strawberries and grapes and apples and let them choose the grapes. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what they choose. It is that they choose to eat healthy things and that you are creating a connection with them by saying, I like your choice. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for choosing a vegetable. I like this vegetable. This is a good vegetable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat this vegetable with you. Right? So you're building this connection and this community and this voice in your children. Like I can make decisions. I am capable of eating healthy food and I get to choose what I put in my body. Now, then at the same time, like you, you can reward them. You ate your vegetables. I love it. Let's have a popsicle. Let's yeah. have a scoop of ice cream, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. you can reward them for following through. But the entire time you're digging this well and it's all around the kitchen table. Hmm. It's all around the centerpiece of the home, which is mealtime. If you're having a family meeting, you're doing it right after dinner at the table. Mm. You're creating this atmosphere of community where everybody gets to talk, everybody is heard, everybody has a voice, everybody gets to contribute, everybody has a responsibility, and everybody is blessed and rewarded. Mm. And when you begin to see the fruit of this, friends, Oh my goodness. When you, the first morning you wake up late and realize your children have done all their routines, you're going to be like, I can die. What is this life? Yeah. What is this life? When I was a child, I, I, I really struggled. I would just be honest. And I hated to make my bed. Oh, Harmony, we are definitely on the same page, Jeff would probably, Jeff could definitely agree. I was a messy child. <laughs> I was too. And my yeah. children, they all make their beds every morning. Yep. Yeah. And I don't have to tell them. You're right. The atomic bomb. Yep. <laughs> my <laughs> sister was called the white tornado because she knew how to clean. And it, it always kind of made my heart ache because I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not the one who cleans things. Right. Oh, I know. Oh, I I'm know. just showing you. Okay how children yeah. process, right? It's not my oh, mom's yeah. fault. She was just blessing my sister. But on the inside, I was getting one message and one message yeah. only, and that was that I was a mess. Yeah. And and the truth was, it was a mess, okay? But mm-hmm. now with my own children, who could very easily be messes themselves, especially with the lives they've come from, instead, mm-hmm. yeah. I lay in bed and read the scripture because I don't put my feet on the ground until I've been in the Word. I lay in my bed and read the scripture and I'm listening to my sons who are all products of trauma. They've all come out of trauma. They've all come out of abuse and neglect. Mm-hmm. They're making their beds. They're taking care of their animals. They're making their own breakfast. They're brushing their teeth and they're ready for family devotions when I come out the door. That's wonderful. That's, that's incredible. And this is the freedom. It's not, I'm not using them. I'm raising them. Correct. So that yeah. walk out my door. They're going to be the best employee yeah. that anyone has ever had. And one day they're going to be the best boss. Right. I'll say to my daughters, there will never be a day when you won't need to do dishes. There will mm-hmm. never be a day when you won't need to do laundry. Mm-hmm. There will never, I mean, give or take, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, but my point was there will always be these maintenance things. 
And, and, and to your exact same point, I had to learn as an adult how to create these routines for myself. And it was, it was really tough. Talk about a free spirit who like, doesn't want to have to be on structure. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm like the creative type, right? I'm like, if it's messy, I'm creative, you know? Um, and so I had to learn to value cleanliness and peace in the environment through cleanliness. And I'll say that to my daughters, I'll say, you do not want to learn how to do this as an adult girls. (laughs) So we're teaching, I'm teaching you how to do this as children, because then when you are adults, it's second nature, you know? So hopefully that's ministering to somebody else. Like there is hope for you. If you, if you're looking around your house and it's, uh, a mess, there's hope for you. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. You know, I am a testimony of that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Exactly. I did not learn these things, not because my parents didn't try. They did try to teach yeah. me. I yes. was not very teachable as a child. <laughs> that has really changed. It's such a blessing when people come to me and they say things like, Harmony, we just love how teachable you are. I'm like, Oh, I what a compliment. Wow. You know, like God has changed me, but it's taken a long time. Um, but anyway, one thing I want to point out about all this is my children reap the reward of honoring the home environment and contributing to our success as a family. Hmm. I offer them a ton of freedom. Hmm. They, you know, we live in the country, we live on a big hill, we own an acre and a half, they go adventuring, they put on their muck boots, oh, they, you know, fun. and they, they go adventuring, they put on their life jackets, and they go down to the river and they go swimming, like they have freedom, they, they are, you know, if they want to make their own lunch, they have freedom to do it, they get to choose what mm. they want to eat, because they know, as long as they put a vegetable on their plate, mama's like, hey, good job, good, go for it. They come to me, they're like, mama, I want to make spaghetti and I'm going to put, you know, red peppers in it. I'm going to do this with it. I'm going to do that with it. I'm like, that sounds great. You go right ahead. And can I have some too? Yes. Wow. Right. Like they're, they know how to, 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 to operate as a contributing member. They feel powerful within this environment, right? They feel like I, I don't need permission for everything. I'm, I'm, I'm a contributing member. And then there are things like they honor me. Like they'll be like, Hey mom, they'll call me on the phone. I'm, I'm at church right now. They're at home. It's their chore day. So I'm expecting when I get home, the chores, their weekly chores will be taken care of. But then there's lots of freedom within that. But Mm -hmm. still once in a while they'll call and they'll just be like, Hey, I just wanted to ask your permission. Is it okay if I do this? And I'm like, yes, it is. Go, go for it. You want to try that new thing? You might, uh, Max, and Max is a little bit different. His, his boundaries are a little bit tighter. But he called me this morning and he said, Mom, I'd really like to make myself some eggs and bacon. And Brendan says he'll oversee it. Can I do that? Oh, and I said, look at that. Yeah. I said, absolutely. That's great. You guys work together. That's beautiful. Good job. Clean up the mess afterward. And, you know, yeah. it's amazing what they can do. If yeah. we will let them do it. And then, you know what? If they want dessert, they're having dessert, right? Right. Like they, they eat their vegetables. They get lots of outdoor activities. If they want dessert, they're having dessert. My children are readers. They're, they're outdoor players. If yeah. they want half an hour of technology, I'm saying yes, because they respect right. my boundaries. Right. Yes. And I have learned 
to discern when they need more freedom and I haven't given it to them. Hmm. So when my boundaries hmm. are too tight, right? We'll start to get this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've grown kind of like some mild rebellion a little bit too. Yeah. 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 I'm working so hard. Why am I not reaping the rewards? I don't feel very appreciated. Aha. Uh -huh. The issue isn't the child then. The issue is that I did not recognize that there was a transition in the season. Okay. We have okay. to be really aware of the seasons of our children's lives. As they mm -hmm. grow, they need mm -hmm. continually more freedom. Now, if yeah. they're in, you've given them freedom and they, they, you know, they mess up and they don't stay within the boundaries, then you can say, hey, my job is to keep you safe. Your job is to keep mm -hmm. it safe. And you did not mm -hmm. keep it safe. So we're going to come back to this boundary. And mm -hmm. I'm going to watch you over the next two weeks as you earn the privilege yeah. of more freedom. Right. So, so, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. So yeah. this is just an environment we're cultivating where we are recognizing when our kids need more freedom or less freedom. Right. It's, it's a constant reevaluating and recognizing, okay, my kids are working so hard. They're uh -huh. contributing so often. It's time for me to bless them. Yeah. I actually had my oldest daughter say that to me this week. She said, you know, Jen, Jen, she doesn't call me Jen. She said, mom, whenever, whenever Lily does something, you, you just say, oh, good job, Lily, you did it. But how come she's like, I've been doing all my chores without being asked. And you haven't said that to me. And I was like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and so I've been more intentional with telling her, especially this week, hey, girl, good job. You did the dishes. I'm so proud of you. You made your bed without me having to tell yeah. you. I woke up and looked in your room and your bed was made and I'll give her like high fives and stuff. Um, and also she, that's how we earn, they earn uh, screen time as well Is that half hour of screen time is from doing chores, any kind of um, responsibilities she has around the house. And she'll come to me and say, mom, I did, you know, X, Y, Z. Can I please have that time? Yeah, I know. We've also been doing some swimming and stuff as well. So I, I, I have found what you're suggesting to the small degree that I do it is very effective. It really is. Kids, and, and even going back to what you're saying about the meal thing, I feel convicted because my four-year-old is constantly in the kitchen with me saying, can I please help you, mama? Please, can I help you? Yeah. And it's sometimes I'm in one of those modes where I'm like, oh, I just got to get dinner on the table. I'm getting hangry. Everybody's getting hangry. And I'll be like, no, baby, not right now. Um, but I'm seeing what you're saying is we got to be intentional, you know, because we, we have to kind of think ahead. Like, what are we aiming for for the future? And I'll even say that to my 10-year-old. When it comes to responsibilities that I've given her and to trust her with those responsibilities, I actually said this to her. I said, one day you will be 16 and you will be able to get a driver's license. And I need to be able to trust you that if you're going to go out and go to the store to run an errand for me, you're going to come right back. Uh -huh. You're not just going to go wandering off, you know? Yes. And she's like, I know that's not on her grid, but it, but it's something that I've really been starting to think like, if sometimes if we think ahead and then work backwards, that can help, you know, to, yes. to set some, you know, goals yes. and routines and parameters. So that's beautiful, Jen. That's exactly right. This is prophetic, intentional parenting. We are parenting now. 
with the future in our mind's eye, understanding that one day our children will leave our houses and we want them to be ready. And you yeah. think about the time you take now, Jen, to, yeah. to let your child help you in the kitchen so that mm-hmm. they can cook for themselves in a couple yes. of years. Yes. It'll save you time, energy, and resources <laughs> in the future. Yes. It'll give you a break as they make you lunch. Yeah. Mom, I'm hungry again. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I know families who are like, yeah, I have to make a different meal for each of my children. And then I have to make my own because I don't really like yeah. the things that they eat. You know, that is, yeah, that is not this mommy. Yeah. No, no. And and so I'm encouraging if that's the situation you're in, we don't, we're not shaming you. We love you and we want freedom for you and we yeah. want your children. We want you to t- do it this way. Because your children will thank you in the future when yeah. nobody is giving them handouts, when they don't have anybody to cook for them but themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. will thank you for teaching them how to make their own meals, healthy meals that they can enjoy. They will thank you. Yes, does it take time, energy, and resources? Absolutely, it takes time, energy, and resources. But you will reap the reward if you, as the scripture says, do not faint now, right? Don't give up now because in due time, mm-hmm. you will you reap will the reap harvest the if you do not faint. Yep. And and so I, I see here, Rachel, uh, Rachel has shared a prayer need. Man, having to do mommyhood on your own is so challenging. And yeah. I, I do have Scott, so I'm not alone, but we live far away from our family too. And we don't have grandmas and grandpas. We don't have aunts and uncles around here. And so we have really intentionally planted and rooted ourselves in the local church. And we have intentionally brought safe, trustworthy adults around our kids who, and we've asked them to be a part of our children's lives. And Mm -hmm. Rachel, I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to look to your community. And even though it's hard and it's a little bit uncomfortable to ask for help, to say, I am by myself in this. I'm a single mama. And I'm, I'm really, I really could use some support of some some older mamas in the church. I could really use prayer support. I could use a a, someone to babysit once in a while. It's Mm -hmm. it's hard. And the truth is, the church should be recognizing your need without you saying a word. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. the church does not always do that. We do not always recognize people's needs. And the truth is we are much better at celebrating than we are at mourning. So when when there's something to celebrate, we're pretty good at that. But when someone is broken, we struggle with knowing what to do. So those are the moments when we have to reach out for help. And even though it's hard, mm-hmm. I, Jen and I, we're going to pray for you that God yes. would empower you. And bring yes. the right people around you in this season to support yeah. you in your parenting, to pour love and wisdom and resources and time into you and your children's lives because yeah. you are worth it. And yes. I want you to know, Rachel, that Daddy God is so proud of you for doing this hard work, even though you have to do it alone. And, and this, again, it's, it's such a picture of where we are as a culture. Yeah. 
most of the time, in most situations, I would say 95% of situations, it's not single fathers, it's single mothers. It's not the mothers who run off, it's the fathers. And in this hour, I'm speaking to men right now. Men, we need you to rise up, come back to your families. We need you to take the responsibility that God has given you to love your wife, to love your children, to be there, to be the spiritual father that your children need. And we are praying that God will raise up even spiritual a spiritual father for your kids, Rachel, maybe a pastor or an older gentleman in your, in your congregation or a brother, um, just someone, a man to speak life into your children, to speak identity and destiny and the fathering anointing into your children's lives, because this is what we really need in this season. We need a generation of Mordecai's who will parent the children that they did not sire, just like Mordecai parented uh, Esther. And we want to pray for all single parents in this hour that are walking through this as Rachel is walking through it. We love you and we champion you and celebrate you. And I believe that if you take these um, these strategies, the strategy of the family meeting, the strategy of listening, the strategy of asking for help, mm-hmm. the strategy of, of routines, of building buy-in, of being vulnerable, of repenting, if we will apply these things, especially in the single parent homes, there will be transformation because daddy God is the one who gave us these strategies in the first place. Yeah. He's the one who downloaded them to me and I have applied them in my home and seen such good fruit. And Mm -hmm. I know you will too. Right. And I, can I just add to that? I had a measure of break, uh, not a measure of breakthrough. I had a big breakthrough. You know, obviously I think I shared on our first time about the time when I was, I had, I was struggling with the postpartum depression. It manifested as anxiety and I had lost my temper at my family and I was crying. I was in so much shame and my process of healing took time to walk that out. I had to learn new skills. And what happened was I had a resource given to me about parenting and in it, the author said, parenting is a skill. It's a skill you can learn. That set me free. It completely set me free. I'm like, you can learn any skill. It's not a talent, you know, where you just naturally have it or don't. Because I I definitely saw some moms who just had this ability about them that just seemed like they instinctively thought things Mm -hmm. through that I didn't. That did make me feel a measure of shame. And so I just want to say it is parenting and motherhood is a skill. And Mm -hmm. the more you put it into practice, the more, and I'm going to make myself vulnerable again. I have on my refrigerator, um, Jeff loves this on my refrigerator. I have a little, a note, my now 10 year old wrote me when she was first learning how to write. And it says, mommy, you yelling at me makes me sad. Please stop. Mm -hmm. And I hung that on my refrigerator as a Mm -hmm. reminder, like my breakthrough is her breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And, and so I just want to, I just, I feel compelled to say that, that your breakthrough is their breakthrough. So this is not, uh, every single one of us is on the scale somewhere, you know, and like the the learning, the skill and developing the skill. And we are truly in this together. And unfortunately, given our culture and the state of our culture, 
Mm-hmm. The, we're reclaiming the value of parenthood, really, mm-hmm. and, yes. and, and actively and engagingly raising our children. So, yes, yes. we love you, girl. We're standing yes. with you. We'll pray for you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that this is this that is the truth. That is the entire reason why I wrote the book is because this is the most important job you'll ever have that comes with no training. But mm-hmm. we're going to solve that problem. Right. That yeah. is the entire reason I wrote the book was because the Lord spoke to me. He said, I need someone to risk offending people, mm-hmm. risk getting involved, being getting in people's business. I think it's really important that we get in each other's business, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's really important that we stop thinking that other people shouldn't be in our business. We mm-hmm. need some people in our business. If your marriage is suffering, you need some people with healthy marriages in your business. If your parenting yeah. is is suffering, you need some people with parenting skills in your business who can walk you through the hard moments. And mm-hmm. there's no greater honor than when a friend calls me and says, I'm having a, a moment right now with my child and I don't mm. know what to do. Will you please walk me through it? And I'm like, oh, yes, I will. I what will. an honor. Yeah. Yes. yes. And the truth is there's actually, and I, I feel like it's a demonic strategy that the enemy wants me to expose. The enemy's like, there's nothing wrong with your parenting. You don't need anybody to tell you how to parent. Mm. Your parents parented you and you'll parent your p- kids and you don't need anybody to tell you how to do it. That is the spirit of arrogance and it will destroy your family. Or I turned out okay, you know, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Okay. We did turn out okay. Okay. You did Mm -hmm. turn out okay. And yet there is more. There is absolutely more. Just like we, we go to church on Sundays. Why? I mean, some of us go to give, which is where God wants to take us. God Mm -hmm. wants us to, to take us to a place of maturity where we're ready to pour out and not just receive. But Mm. the vast majority of us go to church on Sunday because we want to be fed. Right. Okay. That means that there's somebody in the pulpit that we are trusting to have more wisdom than we have Mm -hmm. to speak into our spiritual lives. The same is true with our parenting. And if we will just, just humble ourselves, just humble ourselves and say, I need help. This isn't working for me. It's not working for my kids. And I really want better for my children. I love them. They're my life. They're everything to me. And I want them to be powerful in the spirit. I want them to walk in the things of God. I want them to understand their authority in the spirit realm. And I don't know exactly how to teach them that because nobody taught me how to be a son, how to be a daughter. I don't know how to show it to my kids. Yeah. That's why I wrote the book. That's wow. why we're creating the Kitchen Table Kingdom community. That's why wow. I'm teaching the class in the fall because you are not meant to do it alone. We are not meant to walk alone, friends. We need each other. I need you, Rachel, just as much as you need me in this hour. Yeah. We need each other. We need each other. There is something in you, sis, that only you can manifest. There is a uniqueness of God within you that I will never see unless I get to meet you. 
There's something yeah. special about Angela, who's online right now, who's already stepping in like a Deborah and mentoring and mothering and pouring out truth and encouragement on Rachel. Even as we've been speaking, she's been typing away, reaching out through her keyboard to speak life. If we don't allow Angela to manifest what God has given her, we won't receive it. We won't yeah. ever experience it. God has made us for community and I value you. And I am praying that an entire generation of parents would learn to value the wisdom that God has given Scott and me so that we can transform our children's lives. Yes. That Amen. Before, right? That is yes. why we're here. Yeah. So Amen. I would love love to pray for Rachel and for the other other moms and dads on here right now who are listening. Um, I just want to pray for you and release truth over you right now. I feel the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Abba, God is so proud of you. He's so in love with you, daughter. He's so in love with you, son. You are amazing. You are precious. You are a gift to the world. You are a gift to your children. You are a treasure. You are capable because the spirit of the living God within you is far more than you will ever need. He has more in his treasure troves and his and his bank vaults than we will ever need. And God is here right now, first of all, to comfort you as a yeah. parent to know that he's actually intervening in the life of your family as I speak. You are not on this by accident. You are here on purpose. And daddy God set the whole thing up so he could reach into your life and release comfort and joy over you. Yeah. He's so pleased with you. And, 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 and I want to pray for any one of you who is a single parent in this hour. You are not alone. And I want to speak to the women who are Gabor's. This is a powerful word in the Hebrew, and it just keeps rising up in my spirit. Tell my daughters that they are Gabor's. And this is the word for the warrior of God. The Gabor of God is the one who is ready to go to battle on behalf of her family. It's a picture of Deborah and JL, mm. the one who is carrying wow. generational wisdom and the one who is carrying the weapon of warfare to destroy the enemy that comes against the family in the gates of the home. There is a spirit of the warrior being released in this moment over every person who's listening to this, whether you're listening to it live or you're listening to it on the replay. Receive right now. Just lift your hands and receive the spirit of the warrior. You do yeah. not have to settle for a broken home one more second. You do not have to settle, settle for your children going down the wrong path towards the prodigal spirit one more second. We declare over you as we have declared in the other sessions, there will be not one prodigal as you rise up as the apostolic and prophetic leader of your household as you begin to pour out sonship and daughterhood on your children you mighty man of god you mighty woman of god you intentional prophetic parent you you are god's 
pride and joy. He's so pleased with you. And right now he is pouring out a portion of the warrior spirit upon you. I see you getting your back up in the spirit realm. I see your spine getting straight in the spirit realm. I see you going, uh, getting into a place of righteous indignation for your family, for your own yeah. heart. I see you saying, I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy anymore about my parenting. I'm not going to believe that I'm not good enough. I'm not going to believe that I'm not wise enough. I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy. I reject you. You lying spirit, you spirit of deception. I reject your lies, what you're trying to put on me so that you can put it on my kids. I yeah. take back the territory you've been holding in my mind, will, and emotions in the name of Jesus Christ. I break my covenant with you in Jesus' name, and I send you to the feet of Jesus to receive punishment for your crimes against me. Your day is up. You've had your hour. Now you're done. I'm going to rule because God created me to rule and reign. He created me to rule and reign. And I'm going to reign with the rod of justice and the rod of mercy in my home. I'm going to release the, the calling and the destiny and the assignments that are, my children are carrying. I'm going to mantle them with the family mantles that God destined for my generational line. I'm going to restore the ones that my parents did not walk in. I'm going to give those ones to my kids too. In Jesus' name, in yeah. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God is rebirthing the family in this hour. A whole bunch of I've had enough of the enemy wreaking havoc over my children and my marriage. I'm going to fight in the secret place for my husband and my wife. In Jesus' name. Just feel yeah. that righteous indignation rise up inside of you. Yes. God is calling you to get back in the ring. He's calling you to give the KO to the enemy in this hour. He's calling you to kick homosexuality in the teeth. He's calling you to punch gender confusion in the teeth. He's calling you to raise up a generation of rightly ordered Men and women of God who know who they are in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And right now, right now, actually, I see someone on this who's listening to this right now who was molested as a child. And since that moment, you've, you've had this internal question of whether or not you really are who God said you are. And I hear the voice of God saying over you. You are treasure. You are beautiful. And I grieve with you for what that person stole from you. And right now, Daddy God is saying, I'm returning all that has been stolen from you. You have you've held yourself back because you were afraid that you might hurt a child. You've held yourself back because you were afraid you might you might not be the kind of parent that God destined you to be. But the truth is, you are everything God says you are. And today is the day you stop holding back in your parenting, in your affection of your children, in your hugs and your snuggles and your kisses. I just see you embracing your children like you never have before as God sets you free from the lies, the lies, the lies of the enemy that were put on you in the moment when someone came and hurt you. 
and I hear the Lord saying, it wasn't me. It wasn't me and it wasn't my will. It wasn't what I thought you needed. No, all those things are lies. Men and women make their own choices, but I am the sovereign king of the universe and I will use what the enemy meant for evil to rescue those who are in darkness. I will use those things that were used against you, daughter, that I did not purpose. I will use them to rescue others who are being hurt and, and traumatized right now. You will be the hand that pulls them out of darkness. I do not purpose evil for my children. I purpose good and not evil. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we believe that all that the enemy has stolen from the family has to be returned in yeah. this hour. Yeah. Yep. Everything that the enemy has stolen has to be returned in yeah. Jesus' name. Amen. Woo. Amen. Yeah, girl. That was good. Harmony, you are a treasure. And I am so thankful to have this time with you to just glean from your experience. And I definitely have felt really stirred in my heart to be able to take exactly what we've been talking about and just implement it. I just think it's awesome. And I'm so thankful for it. So um, with that, guys, that is the end of today's episode episode three part three everybody just be blessed we bless you in your coming and your going and just in your parenthood i just pray that today marks the day of just an incredible change in your family so bless you guys happy friday and we will see you on monday and next week for this final um final wrap-up of this series all right bye guys this has been elijah fire Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.